Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days, there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Give me Jesus. Run Give from churches me where Jesus. men and not Christ are glorified. Run! You can have all this Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good day and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. It is June the 22nd, 2023. Summer has started and the weather is cold for summer here where I sit. But that is really not something that surprises me anymore. I, uh... Got a lot of things bouncing around inside my head right now. And one of them is the idea of sinning. Now, not that I want to go out and do it. I actually don't. We have to get a new relationship with sinning. And that is a relationship that says, I ain't going to do it. Or I'm going to do my best not to. We know that as sons of Adam, we, uh, we have a, a nature. But we also are sons of God. And that's a, a, a rotary term. That means all people that have chosen to follow Christ have become children of God, if you want to make it easier and less King James, James-ish to understand. But I'm going to read some things today, and this is from the Bible, because I believe if you go outside of it too far, you lose the impact of what goes on and how to approach things. I believe that the Bible is the guidebook that we can follow, and it's there to help us through these times when a lot of different ideologies and thought processes are out there that can mess us all up. I don't believe in denominations. I believe that God created a church in the beginning, and he expected that church, of course, God knows everything, but he expected man 
again, to make the right decisions, which, of course, they rarely ever do. And we got all this splintering and factoring and factioning of different ideologies. That just, you know, this one believes this and that one believes that. Then you get the Catholic Church in there and you get all the Mormons and everybody else where it even gets worse. And then cultic ideas start to creep in to what should be what we would call a regular Christian everyday church. But this cult of personality, the the cult of the way we think and how we are going to create a legacy. If your church is looking for a legacy of a pastor or teacher or preacher or whatever you want to call them, that is not the legacy that you want to hold on to. The legacy of Jesus Christ is the only legacy that counts. I, uh, I make broad statements. I make bold ones sometimes, and I'm going to tell you right now. I can't tell you how many people I've led to the Lord. I won't say it's, a, I won't say it's many. I'll say I have given many people the gospel. I have preached it to them as succinctly and clearly as I possibly can, and it will be God who brings them in. It will be the Holy Ghost that that works upon them when the time comes. But as believers, then we really need to get ourselves intimately involved in the Word of God. In Proverbs, there is so much that we could read of wisdom and how, what is wisdom. Wisdom is very simple. In one seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm sorry, that is knowledge. And fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does this mean? I'm going to tell you very quickly that wisdom is, is the fear of the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, the awe of the Lord, the fact that He is in control of all this mess that we see. It is not chaos. It is not uh, there to blindside us. Everything is in this book. Well, my life's not in there, you may say, but it is. Because the life that he wants you to live is in this book. Go to, if you would, one Proverbs 1 and verse 10, and we'll read a few verses here because they really are something. My son, now think of this as my child. If you're a woman or a lady or a girl, whatever you may be of the opposite sex of son, But my son, because he's actually writing this to his son. If sinners entice thee, consent them, consent thou not. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That means if people of a bad report, you know, people say, well, we're all sinners, but uh, we're going to touch on that in a little while because I'm really tired of that. You may sin, which would, yeah, you could say, I'm a sinner then. But, you know, there are different variances and different ways to look upon this, and we're going to look at them. We've, I've, no, I'm sure I've done it before, but I just feel led again. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot amongst us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. 
they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. For the, so are the ways of every one that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. That is Proverbs one nineteen. When I read that, because I just happened to open up, so I'll look at some Proverbs here. And uh, when I read that verse, I immediately thought of the, the uh, account of Naboth. He had a vineyard. This is in uh, 1 Kings, I think. 1 Kings 21. I'll tell you, I get these things so mixed up sometimes when I'm doing it. I think I'm in 1 Kings and I end up in 2 Kings or Chronicles. Who knows? But this time I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. 1 Kings 21. Naboth is a man who owns a grove or owns a, a vineyard. And it's right adjacent to King Ahab, a horrible man, just an awful, greedy, disgusting human being. And he's a wimp. He's a sissy, a crybaby. He lets his wife Jezebel. Now, you ever notice that nobody calls their daughter Jezebel? I don't I imagine not too many people call their son Ahab either, or Judas, as far as that goes. But she, she's, a, she's just a nightmare, as we know. And uh, anyway, Ahab wants to buy from Naboth his vineyard. Now, if you know a little bit about Israeli law or Israel, you know, back in the day, Israelite law, the law of God, you were not permitted to do so. You couldn't sell your property. It was yours, and it was passed down from you to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. stayed in family. It was not to be given away. And Naboth even tells, I'm not reading this per, right word for word at you. I'm telling you a story. I've read it just recently. Naboth says it's not lawful for me to sell you my property. But he wanted it, Ahab wanted it so bad. He wanted it so bad. He wanted to put it, he wanted it for a garden, you know, because it was so close to his castle or whatever, his, his property. And Naboth would not do it. So the king goes into the house, and he's all whiny and babyish lays down on his bed, turns his face away from everybody, and he's whining and babying and crying. See, this guy's a, a, a real wuss. You know, he just he wants his wife to take care of everything. She usually does until the dogs eat her. So she comes in and says, what's wrong with you, king? And he says, oh, Naboth won't sell me his vineyard. I can't get him to give it to me or sell it to me money she says don't you worry about it she's always got a plan it's always evil and remember she's not she's i think she was a philistine she she uh she said it's okay i got you i got you back i'm gonna take care of this for you because you need help you need some you need some uh, you need some, you need a little leg up here so she goes out and gets the uh gets with some councils around about and and gets a couple of false witnesses to come in and say that, that Naboth was uh, dealing with the devil. And two witnesses, is what it calls for, came along and said, yeah, he's, he's a devil worshiper. He's been hanging out with the devil. And they stoned him to death. Oops, hey, got some land that came on the market. This is people who are greedy, and they're always looking for gain. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So some versions will say the root of all kinds of evil, but I'll just leave it to the King James because I like how it says it. It's the root of all evil. The love of money, the love of gain, the need for more. You know, some people, they may be thinking, well, I want to leave it to my kids, but I don't own it, so I'm going to do whatever I can to grab it. Uh, you know, I, I know multiple 
amounts of people with their grandkids and their kids and their, 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 they'll, they'll starve themselves just to make sure that they're, they leave stuff behind. You know, it's nice to have a, uh, an inheritance to go and leave behind. But if the Lord came back tomorrow, which I doubt that he will, but if he did, what did you work for all your life? What did you scratch and connive and lie and, and, and all the other negative things that go with uh, amassing these fortunes and pulling together these wonderful uh, you know, legacies and whatnot? You know, for those that live like that in, 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 in saying that they believe the Lord will come back tomorrow, he could come back at any time, it's a, the imminent return. You know, but yet they spend their life not so much in the work of God, but in the work of gaining money. I'll let that pregnant pause lay there for us all, because I think we all, probably fall just a hair short in this category. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in the words that we've read today. There's a lot of just good common sense when it comes to the to the the love of God and trying to do the right thing. We have lost our, 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 our bearings a bit in this 21st century and back beyond it. Because all we talk about is keeping buildings running, keeping organizations up and running, you know, keeping banks up and running. Well, this bank's too too big to fail, and then it'll fail anyway, and all your money goes out the window. What are we doing? What is it that we haven't caught on to yet? Why is it so hard to understand, you know, the simplicity of God's word? I mean, we've had it here in front of us, some of us, all of our life. You know, Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, sisters, yea, and even his own life also, he can't be my disciple. I've used this many times. Because it needs it to sink into me as well. And whosoever bear not his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whosoever bear not his own cross. When you got to, like, like Leonard Ravenhill says at the beginning of my podcast if you if you took up a cross you gave up all your rights when you saw a man carrying a cross now you, people didn't do it to be you know in vogue back in the first second century they did it because they were going to die they did it, and, they, and he said they give up all their rights. And if you decide to take up the cross, you're going to give up your rights too. Your rights to what? You know, sometimes you're called to do something. Sometimes you're called to say something. Sometimes you're called to be unpopular. Now, we here at Removing Confusion are far from popular. There are people out there that will spend hours listening to other programs that have no bearing of Bible 
They have no unctioning of the Holy Ghost. Now, they'll say they do, but it's mostly news, and it's always bad. The Internet's going down. The grid's going down. I've been hearing this stuff for close to 15 years. And if I keep saying the same thing over and over again, sooner or later it might happen. And look, look, I was right. Now, I'll give some guys credit that have written some fantastic books about the food, um, (laughs) aliens and UFOs and stuff like that, that that are on a Christian vent. And they use a lot of footnotes and, and biblical footnotes as well. And they, they kind of nail things. But then on the other hand, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you become the expert and nobody else can ever interject and you, you, you know, lose friends because you become a jerk. I don't want to be that guy. I want people to listen to us. I want listen. I, I want you to, to get something out of what we have to say here. I know there's people that are listening that may be shut-ins and they can't get out. I, I pray there are, and I hope you hold, you, you take this and you pass it on to some other people. That's the idea. Don't hold it to yourself. If there's some merit to what we say, then pass it on. We don't ask for anything in return. I just want the word to go out. And that's why I stick with the word. You know, this verse, these verses we looked at talk about a man telling his son or telling us, okay, just put it that way, to not, don't cast your lot among the evil ones. Don't get involved. If they say, come with us, don't. Because they're going out to do things that says to lay wait for blood, lurk privily for the innocent without a cause. If they entice thee, consent them not. If they're like, because they always make it sound good, don't they? The devil always makes everything sound really good. I mean, you know, come with me and I'm going to show you some good stuff. You know, you're, you know, you don't have to worry about that porn site. It's okay. You don't have to worry about that girl that's on the street there. Pick her up. She's, she's good. She's a good girl. You'll like her. Never mind what your wife might think. A lot of men throughout our biblical history, like David, he always comes to mind, made mistakes. Usually of the lust and sexual nature. Those things happen. They happen. It's sad that they would, but they did. But that's the wonderful thing about the about the Bible that we have. The wonderful thing is that we have men who made mistakes. God forgave them because they had a repentant heart. don't hear much about repentance anymore you don't hear a lot about it at all because it's it's not it's not something that people want to you know touch on too much you know it's 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 all oh, that's a works-based gospel that's a you know you, you you don't have to blah 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 give me a break in first corinthians chapter six i'm sorry chapter 10 Paul writes some things that are interesting because what I'm, what I'm talking about here is sinning versus sinning. Okay. People always say this. I'm a sinner saved by grace. 
I think that we need to get a, that new relationship again, a new relationship with sin, one that we say, I hate it. I hate when I sin. I hate when I watch something and get that thought in my head for a fleeting moment or the girl that walks by me in the store and I get, you know, my eyes. You, know, I have, you have to train yourself. The Holy Ghost will do it for you, but believe me, not to do it. No one of us is perfect. We all make mistakes. We all miss the mark once in a while. The word sin literally was a a term from archery that meant to miss the mark. You know, you're shooting for that bullseye in the center and you just kind of zip over to the side or like me, miss altogether. And then you can't even find your arrow. It went somewhere. I don't know. Could be a golf term with me as well. Slice or hook, you know, as I whatever it does, never went straight. If it went straight, it was like, wow, what happened there? Give me that club again. I quit that game, trust me. Remember Proverbs one nineteen, the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain. Not some, every one. They taketh away the life of the owner. Now, all the things, you know, that go on in our in our world and in our in the world of the past. The, the Bible's very good at documenting things. You know, the, the Islamic text shows Muhammad is a guy that never made mistakes or never did anything wrong, even though he uh, had a uh, he, uh, married his, uh, I don't remember if it was his cousin or whatever at, at like six years old and then raped her at nine. The pedophile rapist boy, if they catch a hold of that, they'll be looking for me. Oh, well, come a looking, but in the Bible, we see these things like Noah, you know, Noah walked with God. Noah was perfect in all of his generations at a time when that was very, very, very rare. There was things going on at that point that were beyond the scope of what we'll talk about today. I keep saying one of these days we're going to go deep on Genesis 6 and you'll probably never listen to me again, but it's the truth. But... Noah was perfect in all of his generations. He, he came right through that bloodline. And he was a man who was upright and walked with God. But after the flood, he planted a vineyard and he got drunk. It just happens, you know. Abraham lied about Sarah being his wife so that they wouldn't kill him. And the king, I was Abimelech or whatever, those guys that said, why would you do this to me? But God forgave him. He's the father of our faith and Islam and Judaism. We look at, we look at Abraham with great regard. And then we have Moses killed a fella, took off, Made a lot of excuses. God used him to bring the folks out of Egyptian captivity. These are the kind of guys that God's using. Aaron said, hey, I threw the golden earrings into the fire and this calf came out. Didn't touch it. He lied. He promoted for the people. You know, he, he instead of standing up to these people and saying, I am not going to do what you want. If go find somebody else. How many people today do you think would say the same thing? Uh, uh, no, go ahead. Give me your earrings. I'll, I'll make a, I'll make you a calf so you don't kill me. And you know, these days if they wouldn't kill you. They would just ruin your reputation on Facebook or something. And people would run from that. They'd be afraid. I don't want to lose. Oh, I don't lose my reputation. It's more important than anything. But Aaron did it. And then later, you know, God had forgiven him. He was still the high priest of the people. 
everyone down through the through the many years that we have committed some pretty grievous things at times. All of our fathers of the faith, they were, you know, they're born with Adam's nature. He's there. But they repented. Psalm 51 is a very important psalm of David's repentance for all the things that he did wrong. And he asked God to purge him with hyssop. And he asked God to forgive him and not to hold his hot displeasure against him. And, 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 and he admitted that he sinned against God and God alone. He sinned against Uriah pretty bad and Bathsheba even and, and any other of his wives. But he admitted it. He admitted it. I sin against you, God, and you alone. There's some homework for you. Read Psalm 51. Understand it. You know, you're not perfect, neither am I. And for, but when we take things and we keep saying, I'm a sinner saved by grace, you are. But you're not supposed to go about living in sin. I don't care what the particular sin may be. If it's uh, cursing, and you can't seem to give that up, or you think it makes you more cool and relevant, then you're wrong. God gave us these things in the Old Testament with these many different men because he wanted them there for something. They they made a lot of mistakes out there in the wilderness, didn't they? They danced around that cow. And did they not all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, and then on. But the, what with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat, they drank, and they rose up to play. If you know what play means, they had an orgy. You're all old enough to know that. I'm not going to hide it from you anymore. They weren't just dancing around. They were really getting into it. Everything comes down to this sexual mess. You know, I don't care how young you are or old you are. It's still there, pulling. Now, as we get older, we may get a little bit stronger in fighting it. But friends, let me say something to you. Paul reiterated over and over again about adultery and a fornication. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000 people. These people saw amazing things the red sea opened up they saw uh yeah moses on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights with absolutely nothing to eat or drink thundering and lightning the actual presence of god they saw the pillar of fire at night and the cloud that led them during the day which was god they saw the water flow from a rock and paul says and the rock was christ but yet, they couldn't overcome their lusts. Proverbs, again, one where we were reading is people who are so consumed with gain. I got to get it. I got to get more. That it kills them. But first, they'll go to the extent 
of killing the owner. Now, you know, I'm not sure that people today, well, for some things, I mean, you get people that covet things so badly they break into someone's house and they kill them, then take their money or whatever. We've, we've seen that forever. But Paul tells us many times, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he talks about sins of adultery, fornication, thievery, you know, all the other things. I'm, I'm not there to read it, so I'm going to just leave it at that. He says, know you not that these will not enter the kingdom of God. But yet you'll have preachers that will tell you once saved, always saved. Don't worry about it. Do whatever you got to do. You, you're saved. You said the prayer. You're, you walked away, and it's all good. They're lying to you. If you don't like what I'm saying, you know how to get rid of me. Quit listening. But I'm telling you the truth. I don't lie to you. In, in, in the Bible, we have one man named Jesus of Nazareth who never sinned. He's the only one. There's several. Joseph in Genesis was one that the Bible never speaks of him sinning, even though we know as a man he had to at some point. But when he was tempted, he didn't fall for it. He ran away. He went to jail, prison. And, you know, this guy, wherever he went, he had such a a, a godliness about him, a, a look about him, that even the jailer put him in charge of stuff. And then, of course, he rose up with Pharaoh and became second in command of Egypt. He saved their lives. Look, the word of God is there to help us get through this life. It's a guide to help us to overcome the obstacles. The obstacles are sin. The obstacles are sinning. The biggest obstacle is falling back into a life of sinning. When I say that, I mean living in sin. The book of 1 John talks about that. All the rest of the Bible talks about not backsliding, not giving up the, 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 the thing that you've tasted that was good, the Holy Ghost, to go into sin. And there's people who will say, well, I'm going to do this thing. I know it's wrong. Or they block it out of their mind to the point where they try to, you know, secure to themselves in their own mind that it's not really all that wrong. It's just a little thing. It may be a sin, but it's just a little one. So I'll go ahead and do it. I deserve whatever the gain is at the end. Look what I've done in my life, and I deserve to have this thing or that thing. 1 Corinthians 10.9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. I'm telling you, there is a day that we all will face. You can't get away from it. Philippians tells us, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. He is God. That should make us all think, more and more, I have to confess my sins to him. You don't have to go to a priest. 
you don't have to go to a, a, a pastor to get absolution. What is that? Absolved from your sins. Absolution. You don't need that. Go to God. You ask God for forgiveness. You ask God to, 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 you know, forgive you, give you, give you the break. Get out. <clears throat> that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. Philippians 2 and 10. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Romans 14, 11. Confess what? That he is God. That Jesus is Lord. Knee bowed. You know, you know these people that say, well, I get to heaven, I'm going to shake my fist at God and say, what do you think you're doing? You're not going to do that. You're going to be, dip, you get, your knee's going to bow. Your tongue's going to confess. And it's only going to confess that one thing if you're smart, that you are God. That Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Please have mercy on me. You know, these there's in Matthew chapter seven, me and my buddy Mike talk about this one a lot. I think we've used it when we've podcasted together about those who go and say, But we said, Lord, Lord. You know? We we raised the dead. We 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 cast out devils. We did this. We did that. And Jesus looks at him and says, "I don't even know who you are. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. You didn't do the will of God. You did the will of you. That's a very scary place to be. And but when you get to that point, you've already." You've gone too far. You've puffed yourself up walking around telling people how many how many souls you won, how many uh, awesome things you've done. Every knee will bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. God the Father. Jesus always said that. He, 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 he gave the glory to his Father in heaven. These things I do are to the glory of my Father, God in heaven. Everything that we do should be to the glory of Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father. Not to ourselves. You know, shut up about you. Nobody wants to hear about you. We're done talking about ourselves. We need to be really deep in considering what we do, we do for Christ. And those things that, that come through us, salvation of the lost and and the other he's using us as a conduit he is still the one who does it it is the holy ghost of god there are so many people who think well how do i do this how do i do that here's how you do it you be quiet about what you're doing you ain't doing it i i tell this story and i'll, I'll probably end with this Used to live in a place, there's a big flea market. We like to go to the flea market, look at the junk, you know. Always end up with a car full of stuff or something, you know. <laughs> a new chair or whatever. But we go to the flea market, and there was an old guy there that I really liked him. He was an old cowboy hillbilly. Uh, and he, he always had the cowboy hat on, and he had a goofy girl walking around with him one day, and she's like out of tune singing hymns, and he's like, what are you doing? You know, walking down, I mean, there's lots of people at this place, thousands, you know, and she's just being, she's, 
you know, there's a place for how you witness to people and a place for doing it correctly and not being a, a, a dip. And he looked at her and he says, he says to her, what are you doing? She says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get people saved. And he looked at her again and he says, you can't save a gnat. It's the Holy Spirit that does the saving. Singing out of tune, being a, being a, a, a benevolent doofus is not the correct way to go. Trust me. You want to have the respect of people around you. When they look at you and think you're a nut, they're not going to want anything to do with that, especially those that are lost. You know, the, the, we have to come to the realization that we're, we may be different. We may be peculiar, as Peter wrote in his letter, First Peter, I think it's chapter 2. We are a peculiar people. We're set aside, but that doesn't mean we're weird to the point where everybody looks at you and says, I don't want anything to do with that. Stay away. No. God wants you to be a worthy vessel, one that he can use and use mightily, one that Jesus said, don't worry about the words that you will use. Now, he talked about when these guys would be arrested and taken to the judge or taken to the synagogue, and and their life was actually on the line at that point for following Christ. But we can translate that into another thing of, when you're talking to people, because the, the, the judge now becomes that person that you are witnessing to now. Your life may not hang in the balance here, but they are still a form of judge because they're, they're sitting there and they're wondering, what do you got to bring to me? I'm going to judge your words. So you still rely back on that Holy Ghost. He will guide you. He will give you the words. Now, you, Jesus said, you will have remembrance of my words in that day. Take no thought for your own words. It's the same with us, but we have to read the word, and then we'll have the remembrance that we need in that day. If we don't have some functioning ability to remember what the word of God is or be in it and reading it. I don't want to hear all this. Oh, I'm meditating on the word. No, I want to know that you're reading it. You're absorbing it. You're trying to study it. You're trying to get more out of it so that when you, and the only reason we do this is not to make yourself more biblically sound and to be able to show off, but you're going to come to a day where somebody's going to call you to an account and want to know, well, what is it about this Bible? And if you, all you know is the Romans Road and John 3.16, it may be a problem. Those are all good to know. But what we really need to be able to do is people have questions that go beyond that. We have to realize that the Bible was written to believers. It was also written so that believers could help others that are lost become believers. That we can take the non-believers and show them, show them so that they can come out of their unbelief. It's a very important thing to do. He who wins souls is wise is also what the Proverbs tell us. I will end with that. I believe we've gone far enough. Don't worry about gain in this in this world. I mean, I mean, we all have to live. We all have to eat. But don't go to the point where thievery and 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 all the other things come with. Oh, I'm a traveler. Trying to be overly relevant because it's hard to do. Just let the Lord speak through you. And win souls. This is Zach Williams. It's called Face to Face as we say goodbye for today. This is Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion Podcast. Till next time, have a great day and God bless you. Yes, there's a day 
coming soon Where the old will be made new And heaven's glory shines like the morning Before I rise When we all see Jesus When we all see Jesus No more sickness No more madness No more No more sickness, no more madness. 